Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. So Jeff Hurst, the Trevor Brookin and Billy Bones, a Paolo Dicario, a West Ham United, more than just a podcast, more than just a podcast. Good evening, good morning, or good afternoon. This is more than just a podcast. Podcast. Uh, season nine, episode twenty-seven. Uh, you can already hear John's tos- dulcet tones, so that means he's in the virtual studio, which is working tonight. Good afternoon, John. Good evening, or good morning, John. Where are you? What are you doing? Good afternoon. Good evening. Good morning. I am in my loft talking to you. And uh, welcome back, podcast tour, uh, Nigel Khan who has been on a whirlwind tour, talking to every podcast who will speak to him. Uh, good evening, good afternoon, or good morning. Nigel, where are you and what are you doing? I'm in my shed. Thank you very much. I'm uh, back on where I belong uh, yeah. after my whistle-top tour of the social media world of West Ham, <laughs> where I banged up, I think, a total of nearly nine hours. Oh, my, <laughs> oh my God. God. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. Not only did you do a separate uh, interview with, with X, which yep. my audio track didn't record, you spoke to a three-hour episode of West Ham Fan TV podcast. Which is three hours. Band. Three hours. Three hours. Yeah, and he spoke then to how how long was your then podcast with um, Irons United with Irons United? Well, that was funny. They only asked me on for an hour, but because I had the inside <laughs> track to what was going on, they kept me on. <laughs> Thanks, to oh, someone. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> N- new ITK, eh? New ITK. Well, you know, <laughs> you know. What, anyway, what was no your inside track? To- Sean's texting us on Friday night. I was reading them all out on air. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing Certainly is, no one watches us like on tonight. It's like, it didn't matter. <laughs> um, no George tonight. He's out, isn't he? Has he come he out? Was, uh, he, he, um, he was up all night with the uh, mm. Super Bowl. Oh. Yeah, I thought he might be. Who was he supporting? The Chiefs or the Forty Niners? I honestly don't know who, who he was supporting. He's, he's always done that, hasn't he? For years, he, watch the Super Bowl. Yeah, they go. They they went uptown and 
stayed out the night and did whatever they did. Yeah. Nice. nice. Anyway, it's not, not from me. it's not a American football podcast. It is a English soccer <laughs> podcast. Football. See what I did there. Soccer. Uh, football. Football. Soccer. And we played a game, and I've just reminded myself, we didn't actually lose it. We drew it, but it feels like a loss. Um, Nigel, you were there. I was. Um, the only one of us three that was there. Um, tell us about it. By the way, it was 3-3, if you can't remember. Oh, I can't remember. Um, what happened? Well, we started off, you couldn't complain. A good set-up, I thought, to be fair. The new boy, Suchek, come in. Even though, I must admit, Suchek, Rice and Noble are not um, a midfield that has creativity. Yeah, a three defensive yeah, midfielder so seemed a bit strange. Sort of, it looked like he was looking for a 1-0 win. But, we, we yeah. I mean, Brighton had chances in the first half. I think before we did, uh, Aaron Moy put one wide that cannoned off the, the post that holds the nets up. So the warnings were there that, that Brighton could get behind us. And but then I think Snodgrass probably had one of his best ever games for West Ham. He, he, he didn't play last Saturday, did he? Uh, in the West Brom game, he got rested. No, he was, he was injured um, or yeah, injured. Yeah, the Liverpool game was panned out as probably as best as we could, only losing two nil. And then Snodgrass steps up. He's, I don't even know if he's been working. His free kicks seem to be getting better and better, his delivery. And um, it was a great ball into the box. Diop stretches his leg out. I didn't. I thought he was going to go past him at first, but puts us one nil up. Everybody's happy. West Ham seems to then relax and, and start playing better football. Once we'd gone one nil up, we, we weren't the f- first to concede for a change. And then they relaxed. We played better football. Second goal was fortunate, but it, it came from a good attacking move. But the, the deflection was quite, quite telling. Really, it, to me, it looked like the shot possibly was going right wide before it deflected. But anyway, two new up. We're going at half time. Everybody's happy. We're sitting fifteenth in the table, and the you know the the, the, the crowd that was very thin. I mean. There was it was very thin. I reckon there was about forty four thousand there, maybe less. It only sold out. I was uh, text because cause I was in France, so I wanted to put my seats up for sale, um, and it was only sold out at eight o'clock on Friday yeah. evening. And remember, I've got some quite good seats, so I put them up for sale. They didn't sell, so I sort of assumed that yeah, it, it, you know, it was it going to be pretty empty. There was a lot of empty seats about. But then, typical West Ham, the last thing you want to do at the start of the second half is concede a goal. It's especially a goal that came from nowhere. The corner comes over. I mean, all right, Murray's blocking off Fabianski. But you think Fabianski perhaps could deal better with that. He's punched it. And it's unfortunate because he actually, I think, got a good punch on it. It just didn't go up. It went straight onto the back of Ogbonna. 
And in the goal. Do you think Murray was holding his arm? Well, he was blocking him off. I, it's difficult for, to see where I was, whether he was holding him or not. Um, you would have thought VAR would have looked at it. Yeah, I thought at the time he was pulling his arms. That's why he punched with one hand. Well, that's what I thought, strange. He punched with his right hand as well. And it would have been easy to punch with your yeah. left as the ball's coming towards you. Um, because to punch with your right, you've got to bring your whole body around. But then, very un-West Ham-like, we go and get the third. Again, fortunate with the deflection, but a great sh- you know, shot on the volley from Snodgrass. And then you think, here we go, this is it. This this is, you know, like the Bournemouth mm. game. We're going we're gonna to kick on. And then, I don't know, whether it was taking Antonio off, bringing Masuaku on. It was a bit of a groan when Masuaku come on. You know, it gives the ball away or it misplaces a pass or whatever. It cannons up. But you, you've got to look at Diop and Ogbonna there. The pair of them. It, yeah. Yes, it's a bad from Masuaku, but there's still a phase or two phases there where they can clear and they diver. Diop then tries. Ogbonna needed to yeah. Make- Get rid, yeah, and edit back, and then the bloke just touches it, and it was one of them where it just rolled and rolled and rolled, and you think, nah, this surely can't go in. Three, two, you know, yeah. from our own mistake, all of a sudden, Brighton woke up, and they rule over us like a rash, and it was like a totally different team. It was like, well, it was like watching the West End that we've been watching for most of the season. And they just dropped deeper and deeper, just invited Brighton on. And then the third goal. Listen, people, if you wanted VAR, this is what you get with it. And I know we can argue the decision was right or whatever. But I still think, it. you know, it looked like it touched his arm. The ball comes across, bounces up. He takes it, he scores. He runs off on his own, to be fair, to the Brighton fans because all his, all his mates were walking away thinking it was a free kick. And he danced about and we're all laughing at him, giving him the wanker sign and all that because he's celebrating a no goal. And then he turns around, he has that look on his face and starts moaning, I didn't touch it, I didn't touch it. And I said to me, mate, this is the easiest VAR decision in the world. And then you wait. And then you wait. And the thing with VAR now, the longer you wait, a seed of doubt pops in your head. What are they looking at? What can they see? And then it must have took a minute and a half, I don't know. And he went, bang, goal. Hmm. Now, where it, I don't know, which I found strange. West Ham then played a replay from the angle on the big screens that made it look amble. And the place erupted. The poor little kid next to me, he heard words he's probably never heard. And not just from <laughs> me, from his dad as well. Cause, well, it looked like yeah. amble to me. And and I think even well, John that, said that. And uh, I was yeah, watching. My immediate, my immediate the was The thing amble. is, because of the weight, the yeah. weight, the weight, that's something in, if you remember, I stuck it in the chat. Was that amble? Because I'm thinking, we've waited too long. That yeah. was that should have been straightforward. Bouncing up, it's his hand, it's the same ball. Yeah. 
and it just it was the angle they were showing on tv as well there is a there is a shot of it where he's got his arm out of the way and it kind of rides down his body there is a shot of that on one of the angles Hmm. so you know it probably wasn't handball you know, but like even the replays they were showing look, uh, originally well, on the TV. Yeah. I didn't like, think yeah, in the grand they were supposed to do what West Ham did because I'll tell you what, they put they flashed yeah. it up. Everyone around us erupted. Because it, it on the video, it's like Anne Paul. Yeah. And then, you know, I was pleased to get a point. Anyway, <laughs> go on. to finish. Yeah, well, it felt like a loss. I'm just going to give a stat attack and ask whether John has anything. We only had 35% of possession. Obviously, that meant they had 65, the Seagulls. Uh, we had 12 shots, six shots on target. They had 19, six shots on target. More shots, same shots on target. Maybe 3-3 three, three was the fair result, but it didn't feel like it. John, have you got anything to add on? I assume you watched it on the, the box. Yeah, I did watch it, and... Uh... No, not a great deal. You know, it was just one it of felt those. Like a loss, yeah, yeah. It did feel like a loss. You, you did have that feeling. Like, okay, well, that's good. It gives us a bit of breathing space for our little run of really tough games. And then, uh, no, they sort of just typically West Ham, wasn't it? It's just you yeah, know, it's very disappointing. I thought the substitutions brought them on to us. The way his substitutions he he made and. Yeah, I thought it was a bit of a mistake bringing on well, Tony yeah. Antonio. Well, but then Antonio's been injured, so he I has think, been yeah, injured. Yeah, know, so but I thought um, it was brave to start with Suchek, but I thought he showed some promise. Yeah, I was going to say. I mean, that's that was a, a. I thought he looked good. He looks like he's got you know plenty of up and down, the, plenty of legs in him. So yeah, that's one positive I'd say. Well, two positives. We've got a point. We didn't get beat. Yeah. But, yeah, sort of but we're still in the relegation zone. Um, well, yeah, I think I'm, that's where we're going to be, mate, for quite a while. Yeah. Well, so. just while we're in that mood of losses, uh, obviously we had another game <laughs> on Wednesday that I should have maybe talked about first. Uh, Liverpool had 71% possession, and we had just 29. And they had 13 shots, five on target. Uh, to our seven shots, four on target. Nigel, you were there, weren't you? I was, yeah. Uh, again, on your own. Uh, There's a pattern. We seem to be holding... I, I watched this one before I went to France, so I actually could concentrate on this one a bit more, <laughs> rather than walking around the French countryside with mobile, streaming it on my mobile. Um, on this one... Just a jet setter, isn't you? I thought... I was doing a secret scouting mission. Uh, I'm, a, I'm the second scout now. I was looking at Toulouse. By the That's way, Toulouse true, FC, Sean. John. They've got more are, scouts than that. <laughs> um, our bottom, <laughs> I, I watched them yesterday while I was still in Toulouse. They, they drew uh, on Saturday. They're 20th and, and going to be relegated. So That's where we got Diop from. That's where uh, yeah. Diop came from. Yeah, yeah. We're looking at their, their right back, which we didn't buy. Anyway, Liverpool, I thought, you know, Moyes set out really well for Liverpool to stop them playing their attacking game. We held them all the way up until VAR robbed us. And that's why I wanted to talk about this game. Over to you, Nigel. VAR. Yeah. 
It did rob us, though, on this occasion. It seemed like a handball. Well, it didn't. Firmio, wasn't it? Firmino. 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 That's what your bed is, isn't it? Firmio. Yeah. Firmio. To be fair, I didn't think it was a penalty, but it was up the other end of me, and it looked really soft. And then there was this ooh-ah about did he handball it or not. I must admit, I've not seen a replay of it, so I can't really comment whether it looked handball or not. John, you saw it. It was soft. Uh, I, would, I, I wanted it. I would have given it. So, yeah. What's handball? In my I world. mean, it's, it's this stupid ruling, isn't it, in passages of play and handball and leading up to a goal and who knows where it stops. You know, people going, oh, it's not VAR, it's the rules. Well, it's both of them, actually, to be fair. You know, something's got to done. Why do some refs now go over to the touchline and some refs don't? You know, they either should all go or none of them should go. And, you know, to be honest, honestly, Liverpool weren't at the races and we just huffed and puffed and didn't really do a lot, did we? I don't know if you got the stats, Sean. You can bore us with them. What? I read them to you. What, for the Liverpool game? Yeah, I did. 71% of possession we had. Yeah, right at the beginning. Shows you how much you were listening. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, yeah, so there you go. 71% possession. Liverpool only got two goals. Did us a favour in a way because I can see a team staying up by a goal difference. And this is something we've got to worry about for the next couple of games. Well, someone, I heard something on the radio today. There was a feeling that when they went 2-0 up, they were happy with the 2-0, as were we. And they just sort of went through the motions yeah. a bit more. Do you think, did that feel like yeah, that? It was, a very, it was a very flat game from both sides, to be fair. You know, Liverpool, mm. I don't know, they've, they've had some outstanding performances this season. I mean, look, they dismantled Southampton 4-0 Saturday. But then, I think Liverpool score a lot of late goals. And... Perhaps that flatters, flatters them a bit. I, I don't know. You know, you, it's it's hard. <laughs> we got out of it exactly what we put into it for me. We didn't really go at them or, or do anything. It was like we was there to just keep the score line down to me. That's what it looked like. And that's what happened. I mean, you know, we had the, we had our field tourists in the ground for that game. Oh, I bet. You know, you, I mean, there was yeah, one. I, I was being in, texted by You know, uh, and me and my mate looked at each other, and he didn't even bother with the half and half scarf. He went full Liverpool, you know, and he's walking around with his phone in his hand, obviously looking for his seat number. Yeah, I see. We see a few pictures flying about of that sort of stuff. Yeah. There was there was two down in your in front of your area, Sean. Oh, really? Literally where you were. It was quite funny because we were sitting there. Well, watching I sold my tickets in in minutes when. Uh, well, some bloke come running up to the stewards. I could see him shouting and wagging his finger, and made two of the stewards come with him. And he's pushed his way into the gone down your road, gone left like where you sit. Mm gone along about six seats halfway down and then started pointing at these two fans 
And when they've pulled them out, it's two Chinese people. <laughs> Coronavirus. Well, they come to watch Wuhan, apparently. <laughs> Lose. Uh, easy. We don't want to go there. Anyway, um, <laughs> not a lot. To, let's move on. We um, we got we got some hard games before we can win any point. We'll talk about maybe relegation in a little while later on in the podcast because we've got a lot to talk about because obviously the transfer window shut. Uh, Roberto went out on loan to Spain. We're paying 75% of his wages. <laughs> I think, um, Alves, is it Alves? What, what, Alves, Alves. What's, the, what's the, um, the team he went Alves. Alves. <laughs> um, I don't know if you know this, and I've just written this tonight. Uh, Carlos Sanchez... Um, refused to go on loan. There were three uh, Spanish clubs and one Turkish club that wanted him. He refused. Apparently, don't tell anyone this, but his wife wants to stay in London for another six months. She quite enjoys being in London. So he, he even though David Moyes told him, you've got no future now that Thomas Suchek has come in, he's going to pick up £64,750 a week for the next 21 weeks. Good luck to him. Allegedly. Well, it's all right for yeah, some, isn't it? Someone must have offered him that contract in the first place. Yeah, of course so, he did. There you go. M- Mario Husilius. Yeah, I was, I was waiting for that Pellegrini <laughs> or Mario. No, 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 yeah. Of course it had to be agreed by the chairman as well. Let's, let's not try and hide, but I don't defend them anymore, remember? Oh, it don't, uh, me. It don't <laughs> seem that way on some of the stuff you've been putting out there. Oh, really? We can talk about that later. Anyway, let's talk about the transfer window. So, uh, Roberto went out. Carlos Sanchez did not. Uh, we um, loaned out uh, Dan Kemp to Stevenage. We're also facing relegation. I think there's a few other youngsters that went out. I'm trying to remember who they were. But in came, let's talk about who, who came in. That was Thomas Suchek on loan. Uh, now, the deal for that, uh, it's been widely publicised, even by the chairman. We've paid a four and a half million euro loan to loan him this season with a sixteen point two million pound option if West Ham stay up. Could be a, a nice bit of business. I mean, we we've seen him start already. He's a defensive midfielder, but he has he is their captain uh, of Slava Prague or was their captain, uh, and he takes penalties as well. So, you don't know. He, he, it's a bit too early to say, isn't it, from, from Saturday's yeah, performance? Yeah, well, he was coming out of his um, winter but break, But my question for you two is, where does, where does he fit in? Do you, do you drop Noble? Or do you slot him in in a different position from, from you know, his, the normal defensive midfield well, he's role? Noble's replacement, isn't he? He's a natural replacement. Well, he is, yeah. Yeah, I, that, that's the way I see it. Nigel? Yeah, well, you, you're not going to drop Rice, are you? No, no, no. But do you see him? Because, look, Moyes likes to play players out of position, we know, with an Altovich, you know. I mean, but you do yeah, think I'm not he's, a, he's I'm been not brought a lover into as a replacement Yeah, for I'm Noble. not a lover of Rice, Noble and Suchek, to be fair. No. Um, but I suppose, I mean, the bloke nearly scored with a great header, didn't he? It's like, it was almost yeah, like the first did. touch of the ball. So, uh, you know, I said yeah. it on, on, on my rounds last week around the internet. You know, I don't know enough about the bloke. I've never watched Slavia Prague play. 
Did he play when you lot went out there? Didn't you go and watch Slavia Prague? No, we, we went to see Sparta Prague rather oh, than Sparta. Slavia Prague. Oh, right. We we uh, we we're, we're we're Sparta Prague fans, not oh, Slavia right. Prague. Okay. Boo! Yeah. Well, <laughs> any, anyway, boo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, anyway, we, we were linked. He's with, a good addition, isn't he? He's he's played Champions League football. Um, I listened to the people that have seen him play and that know a bit about him, and they all say he's a good addition. So it, it, you know, I can only go by their judgment. The, the same with mm. Gerard Bowen. Super smashing great. Um, yeah. You know, well, let's talk we about that next. Because we, we were linked with lots of right backs and lots of forwards. Uh, I was told lots of bids in, but trying it difficult to get along the line. Then we had the saga. The night before transfer deadline day, when I flew off to, to France, I was told 20%. I was originally told 50% on, on Bowen, then 20%. As it went on in the day, got told we'd agreed a fee, um, which totals, and I've had confirmation now, totals 22 million. So um, the, the reported fee, I think, of 20 uh, is what it's uh, 25. Is it 16? 20 everywhere. 22. And you, you 22, were putting it out there at 25, told. Sean. You were. Yeah, no, I was I was putting at twenty five, which I was told by a report, but I've since had it confirmed at twenty two. Some of that's an option, by the way. It's eighteen up front and four in options. Um, there's no doubt. Obviously, Crystal Palace thought they'd done the deal. There was interest from Newcastle, etc. And the big one who came in late was Brighton, and Brighton tried to steal it, forced us to to spend a bit more money. But as the day went on. I was told the agent was very greedy and was trying to get as much money as in agent fees, and that held it up. Um, the player obviously wanted certain clauses. We insisted on a 50% reduction clause if we were relegated. Now, I'm told that everybody in the squad has the same clause, including Suchek. Uh, but because we're in such a bad position, you know, players quite rightly fight it. And, and in return, we had to concede and offer a, a, a an escape clause, a release clause, if we get relegated. And that release clause is set at £25 million. So if we do get relegated, he can leave for £25 million, which means we will still make a profit, even with his wages. So we've got to see. I mean, the way that everybody was talking... You know, we, this was the big signing of... I was accused of saying, oh, no, it won't happen. This is all a smoke stream. Ferrum Hammer even had a bet with me and said, I'll gamble with you. This is all a smoke steam and it will be all... We tried, we tried, we tried. Now, I'm not saying it didn't... You, look, you two had my updates throughout the day. At one point, they didn't know where the player was, what train he was in. There was an employee waiting at King's Cross to meet him on a train. They didn't know which train it was going to... Only West Ham, you know. He arrived at 8 59 after having his medical done in Hull he was rushed to the stadium he signed his contract pictures done and I think it was announced at quarter past 11 but only West Ham and people go oh why did they leave it so late all a bit of drama well yeah maybe they did leave it late but that's the way it goes good addition John I don't know a great deal about him I knew he was you know I've heard some talk about him but I haven't really seen much of him so I mean what I've read or whatever, it seems that he, he could well be a good addition, but he's obviously not proven in the Premier League. But yeah, you know, and all I'd say about 
all about it all. Again, there was talk about it. they'd looked at him before and they wanted him, but uh, Sullivan wanted him, wasn't it? And the other way around, they weren't so keen. So now he's back in. Yeah, I was told during Pellegrini's time that maybe, you know, someone in the club wanted him. Um, and he had an option at 5 million, but he wasn't fancied. And there was another option at 10 million. And, and we ended up paying, well, if, if all options are paid 22. It's quite, so yeah, it's well, a gamble, yeah, it though, is, isn't it? It just makes you, again, makes you wonder in what, at what stage did he decide or they decide that they're going to spend any money? You know, if they were going to spend this money and they, they realised with the, the situation we were in, they could have just got these deals done early on in the window. I think they were they weren't looking to spend very much money at all, and they were either shamed or, or the situation and the injuries sort of forced them into it. If I'm honest, well, with you, John. kind of think what if he is energetic goal scorer and all this? What difference he might have made on Saturday? You know what I mean? If he would have been in the squad, well, yeah, he needed to be registered before twelve yeah, he did. o'clock. I mean, again, where does he play? Because I don't know if you know, but he's a right-sided winger. That's his his best role. Well, that's that's Mikel Antonio's role. So where do you fit? And and I spoke about this on a on a blog I wrote today. Where do you fit him in? Do you do you put Antonio up top and drop Belair and and put him in the right winger role? Do you slot him in somewhere else? Do you put Mikel Antonio up with Belair and play two up front with him on the right? I mean. What happens to Yarmolenko? I don't, I don't know where where he where he fits in. Well, he'll be taking someone's place because they're not doing well enough. So Sim- simple, isn't it? Nigel, where does he fit in? Where where does uh, Bowen fit in? Um, Super smashing grit. Where does he fit in? I think off of Halair, isn't it? I don't. He's not an out and out striker, from what I can understand. No, he's not. So he's not. He's a he's a right winger. But that's Mikel. You're not going to drop Mikel no, Antonio. No, but you, fit, could, you? you could play like um, a sort of four four one one and let him float about three, um, or you play a tight four four two and hope he, he sticks close to Halea. Um I'd be tempted to sit Halea on his ass for, especially like against City. <laughs> And bring Antonio well, in and you bring him do up with that. Him. You could play the, the old false nine trick that Sam did. You know, I'll give old Shammy some credit for the Tottenham win, 3 0, um, where we didn't have a striker on the pitch. But if you had, if Anderson's going to be back and you got Bowen, um, maybe you could have like a, a false attacking three. Yeah, where they share it. Anderson, Bowen and Antonio. And then yeah. back four with the three of them screening, the three defensive. And then try and mm. get them on a break. Well, he's got... I wrote today, and you're going to disagree with me, I've said he's got two free hits to get the formation right because best will in the world, we're not going to win against Man City or Liverpool. And therefore... But you're going to say, Nigel, but goal difference might count. So we can't afford to be cavalier in trying out different formations in the next two games, aren't you? I am going to say that, yes. <laughs> so you don't need to. <laughs> well, you know, you could. I mean, good, good City, City are not in a great vein of form. They've lost, or they haven't won in two. I don't know if they lost two, have they? 
I know they're going to probably tonk us because, you know, if, you, if you're if you struggling for confidence goals or you haven't won for a while, you need West Ham to come into town, don't you? But, you know, if if we could be tight, and we we might better nick a draw, you know? You might. Ooh, that's a big, big ask in it our is a, It team is a big can't. ask, but. Every point yeah, counts draw, now. If you could nick a draw, it would make a massive difference, wouldn't it? These points. It probably could, yeah. As as um, yeah, um, <laughs> you sound really uh, depressed Nigel about said. it. <laughs> you know, well, I think I, I do think we're going down now. Yeah. Um, uh, Nathan Holland was, by the way, the other one who went out to Oxford United. Um, so I don't know. I um, I think it's too little, too late. And uh, I, I think it will take a miracle to save us, but I, I, I would like to be wrong. Anyway, moving on from transfer. Oh, just ask you two: good transfer window, bad transfer window. Decent. I remind you, we didn't sell any players, including yeah, Declan say, Rice I and Wayne, uh, uh, Diop or anyone else. I think. I've, I mean, Suchek looks like a good player. I think will be good, and Bowen's not. A, sort of purchase we've been saying that they should be doing so I think it's a decent mm. window really yeah Nigel oh and of course Darren Randolph let's not forget Darren oh, Randolph yeah that was a, yeah there you go <laughs> I mean you can't you can't when you've got a window like that have they improved the squad well, I would yes, say yes they have. yeah so they, they've spent they've, they've had to spend money um I don't know what what's Suchek cost. Suchek, you know? yeah, he says yeah. like four. Uh, four I told you four four point five million. I was on not euros, paying uh, <laughs> loan fee sixteen point two million euros in a, a permanent option if West Ham stay up. It's about twenty mil all in, isn't it? Yeah, I mean that's. I suppose that, so. If so, what they've spent then? So let's look at what they've spent so far. In this yep. window, then they've spent. What did you say it was without add-ons? Eighteen million six, for Boeing. Sixteen. Uh, it. Was, it uh, I've got to remember, but I think. I think so it was spent 18, about, eight, 18 plus four for Randolph. So that's twenty-two. I, plus I, another, I honestly, what, honestly don't four. believe any money changed hands with Randolph. Twenty-six. I honestly don't believe any money. We owed them some money, but it's still, you're right. But, you know, you pay an upfront fee for all of these as your first instalment, John, and then it becomes immortalized. No, for the they owed us money. money. Oh, well, yeah. So, so I'm sure it, there was a write-off, but we didn't owe them four million. I can tell, or they no. didn't know us four million. And the way you look at it is that's money we would have had as an income that we haven't yeah, got yeah. now. We still yeah. got to cost it. So they've, they've spent 26 well, million, not net, yeah, this is a great link to the next thing I want to talk about, which is the finances. So, twenty-six million net. You know what? They've, they've, they've. The money's got to come from somewhere, hasn't it? And what they've done is they've probably took it against next year's TV money. Yeah. Because you know, as we're about to find out, there ain't a lot yeah. in the pot. Well, finances came out as well. Some would say, argued, maybe not a great time to release the finances. Um, what did you think, Sean? Great time to release the finances? No, awful time. Awful <laughs> time. Awful time. So I mean, I, I had to suggest they did, them? but that was from a purely oh, right. selfish point of view. 
Yeah, so slow I, I news week. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, 190.7 million turnover, uh, which obviously was up on last year, but they made a massive loss of 28.2 million pounds after being in profit. Uh, turnover increased by 15 million, which is 8.8 percent to 190. So sorry, so turnover was up 8.8 percent. TV income grew by nine million, seven and a half percent to 127 million. Ticket income grew by nearly 12%, which surprised me, nearly 3 million growth to 27.4 million. Uh, the commercial, which is sponsorship and corporate hospitality, grew by 3.4 million. That's 14% to 27.4 million. And the retail, well, they only grew by half a million, which is still 6% to 8.7 million. Now, the interesting stuff, of course, they did make a gross profit of 20 million, 20.6 to be precise. But when they put in all the net spend of players, it came back to £28.2 million loss. And this is as a result. Remember, this is not last summer. This is the summer before from Pellegrini's spending. Um, wages, and this is the big... So this was... This was... This was um, Anderson. Yeah. Yarmolenko. Yeah, all of those. The 80, 90 million they spent that summer. Uh, wages increased by... Yeah. 29.2 million. That's 27.4% um, from 106.6 million to 135.8. That is massive in terms. Our wages are out of control. That's 71.2% of turnover. That is not sustainable. And, and that's why we're going to see it grow. Funnish would talk about 27% because your best friend, Karen Brady, Nigel, increased her salary. From eight hundred ninety-eight thousand to one point one three million. Some of that a bonus, apparently. I don't know what it was a bonus for, but that's caused a little bit of problems uh, or, or feedback from from the support. Well, it's just not bad for a part-time job, is it? It's just that's what it is. She works three days a week. Three days a week, allegedly. Allegedly, um, they revealed they spent. On, in that season, they spent 89.4 net spend. And then post-balance sheet, they said they spent another net spend of 35.8 uh, on, on the next summer after those accounts closed in net spend. A, a figure I've been using for a long time that were in the figures is a total net spend in the last four years of 214.4, which a lot of people have been saying rubbish. And, of course, uh, they took a new... Short-term loan out from uh, Media Rights and Funding, Mr. Tabor's company, for £39 million, which they have to pay back in July this year. And the shareholder loans, as I've said before, £45 million were deferred. We don't know when they're going to be paid back. But there were two payments, David Golden Sullivan, uh, totaling £2.9 million in interest. They were paid back. The interest was charged at 4.25%. And finally, David Gold was paid £1 million extra to one of his companies, um, I think maybe the uh, lingerie business is not doing so well, uh, which which is down from the three point nine million, uh, sorry, the four point six million they got in interest the previous year. And I know that paints a picture of the Pellegrini era that we were living beyond our means, really. I don't know if either of you got any questions, but, Nigel, we have been asked to do a special on finance at some point and get some guests on. 
to talk about it in, in more detail. Yippee. <laughs> but, I mean, so all all of that said, and you're saying that the, you say you say the 210 million pound over four years, yeah, the four seasons at the at the London Stadium, yeah, 214.4 yeah. for being. Well, so, well, that's what that's but, what Sky said on Sky Supplement. That's so, what the re- count oh, yeah, says. Well, yeah, well, that, yeah. that is the club figure that keeps on being repeated and I have so validated how, it. How, how does that break down Sean because when you the first season we moved into there they, they spent virtually nothing did they well they, you, you say they that they didn't buy anyone particularly did they well I have done it and I showed you the evidence in in a when we do a proper finance I will break it down so yeah let's well I'll break it down then when you do that because that's what interests I, me I did put it on uh, the, the Facebook first, group by the I, way I, but I know the first know season we, we hardly spent any money yeah the I next think season, it's over the past four years, Pellegrini's... John. We've only been at the stadium three years. I think it includes the fir- the first season under Billich. That's the way I took it. All right, does it? 15, 16, 16, 17, 17, 18, 18, 19. That's it includes four. the summer so before it... we moved, which yes. technically is right. last so then... year. But you're right. Oh, in... okay. But it's yeah. the summer after we left. So think about it. It's after we left the bowling ground. It's any cost after we left, after that May when we left the bowling ground. Because that that's what stands out for me is where this, that was where it was one of their biggest mistakes having had this this so called golden opportunity to move into this ground and get it all cheap and all that. That's one of their biggest mistakes was when they we had the Piet season and then the next season they've just didn't build. Well, on you that. say that they, 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 they oh, I'm not defending the owners. God forbid me. Oh I'd my God, we're swapping roles. But let's face it, they bought Nordvite, they bought Faguli. Oh, no, they got Nordvite was a free. But so they, they got in about five or six players that first season. They did, but they were all like frees no, or I don't think you know, they were cheap crap. Uh, they were. I, I will look at it. I have done this on the Facebook, but I know you're not on Facebook, so even Zaza, wasn't Zaza on loan? Zaza was alone, yeah. But that was a panic. Yeah. Uh, Norvite, but loans aren't free. Norvite, you know, yeah, John. that was. <laughs> oh yeah, we all know that. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> now this is next so spend, though. This is not about loans. No. Yeah, but hold up, they'd so, yeah, loan fees it, in, surely net spend. Break it down. I will do. Break I will. It down. For another thing, I will get it broken down. We can't do it today. but um, So that's on the finances. If there's any questions you want to ask on finances, I'm happy to ask them. Send in your uh, questions on the Facebook group or on Twitter, and then we'll ask them in a special session, and we'll see if we can get some financial expert on. I'm sure. I've done that Kieran Maguire. He loves to tweet about finance. Yeah. So we'll see if we can get Kieran Maguire on uh, to talk about it. Um, and... You know, I mean, it doesn't make good reading, and, and I'm told it's going to get worse. Um, but hey, uh, talking of finance, uh, David Sullivan has put one of his buildings up for sale for fifty million pounds. The Russell and Bromley uh, flagship in Oxford Street's been put up for sale, according to a report I read today, for fifty million. And he's already sold one of his buildings uh, in Soho in November for eighty-one million. So he, he can't be short of a few, Bob. Maybe he's ready to reinvest in West Ham, John. <laughs> well, I've got a bit well, of breaking news here. Go on. Lincoln City have signed West Ham youngster Anthony Scully yeah. on a permanent deal. That surprises me. 
Well, that's just a shock the life out of me because he has been scoring for fun in the under-23s. A lot of people have been putting, thinking, putting pressure on. Let's yeah. get this kid in and give him a run out. Yeah. On a permanent deal. Yeah. 18, yeah, he signed an 18-month contract. He, he, his, um, his contract must have been coming up for an end. We'll see. I mean, to be fair... There's not many youngsters that have left us that have gone on to have stellar um, careers that we never gave a chance to. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'll have to go all the way back to 1980, Ray Outen, um, and then maybe Matty Holland. That's the two I can think that yeah. had youth careers with us that we decided to let go. And was what's his name with us, Jimmy Bullard? No, we signed Jimmy Bullard from Gravesend and Northfleet, I believe, which is now Ebbsfleet, and then we sold him for a profit to Peterborough. Um, he was never on our books as a youth player. Well, he nearly got on against Liverpool away. Well, no, I don't know. I, I don't I'm know this sure. kid. So yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah no, he's yeah, he, no, he, 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 he's pretty good. He's oh, he was yeah in the under twenty three. Yeah. I mean, we're top of the table in the Premier League two, looking to get promotion back up into Premier League one. Um, and he's he has been goal scoring for fun in that league. Uh, so yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Anyway, I'm writing an article about that now, thanks to your tip-off. Um, You're welcome. <laughs> do we want to talk about the other thing on, on anyone who might possibly buy West Ham? We talked about this earlier off-air, Nigel. Well, I, I don't know about you, John. I, I, I'm sure we're both the same. I thought you was a bit reckless yesterday. What, in, in posting a picture saying that there's a chap who looks who wants yeah. to buy a Premier League club? I didn't mention West Ham, though, did I? I know you didn't. Listen, and the the thing is, I keep saying it, and I said this to you, Antiex, and whatever. When you tweet, you you might be having a joke, and it might be a bit flippant, ha, 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 ha. And and perhaps it's down to your viewers, your followers, and the way they take it. But let's get it. You know, a majority of people think every time you tweet, David Sullivan's got his hand up your ass telling you what a bleeding tweet. <laughs> so they will look at and I, and I know in a way that that's their problem. Yeah. But it, it, this bubble sort of forms around a tweet like that. And you see people going, well, that What, what did good. I tell you last night, though? I know. And we had it I out last you, night. There has been lots of debate on both KUMB and Hammers Chat forums for months and months and months about a takeover. There has been rumours and conspiracy theories about an American consortium takeover. Some involve Trip Smith, some of them don't. But they've been going around for over a year now. I mean, originally when Trip Smith bought, it was he's coming in to take over. Then it was there's another consortium, there's another consortium. What I did last night, and, and this is no inside knowledge of any takeover, just to be absolutely clear, I got sent a video that actually dates back to September by an American. Yeah, it was a, it, I know, I know you sent you. We would, you yeah, know, we you are in the group. One. Yeah, I know you're in the group, and 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 the video says that this guy who who actually went to London School of Economics to get his degree, he owns twenty percent of 
the LA Dodgers. His name is Todd Bolin. It's not quite Bolin, but it's similar to that. Uh, he tried to buy Chelsea for $3 billion last year and got turned down by Bromovich. He's interested in buying Spurs, but he talks about in this video about the, the draw of the Premier League, uh, how it's great because it's on, on a Saturday morning in the US where there's no other sports competing with it. And he likes the passion. He likes the, the whole great entertainment value of the Premier League. And that he wants to, he, he doesn't count out buying a Premier League club and, and particularly linked with London clubs. But he then talks about the value. He talks about, well, you don't get good value if you spend a billion pound and buy an existing, can you get any value out of it? And that leads you to believe when you see that and go, well, could West Ham be a target for this guy? But then you think, and this is where it all falls down, and maybe I was having a little bit of laugh on Twitter last night. Who would spend 500 million pounds on a club that's about to be relegated? Wouldn't you just leave them, find out whether they're going to be relegated and pick them up in the championship? Absolutely. Or yeah, uh, absolutely. wait till. But, so but the, then, the answer no is... No one's going to spend £500 million on West Ham because they're not worth £500 million. They were valued at 379 wow. or something. So You're not putting a value on the brand, John. You know, you're just not putting a value it's on a the London. brand. Remember, it's got but London underneath. That was underneath, what it was valued John. at. It was valued London at... On that's brand. another 130 million, just that word London under the It brand. was about valued about 30 million more than Newcastle or something. And we only even got a football ground. Well, and And... I don't think that makes a lot of difference because you could say the same about Man City and they haven't got a football ground. But, you know, I understand the Saudi Arabia deal for 340 million has fallen through. Um, I'm not sure we want the Saudi Arabians coming over to buy West Ham next because I, I don't know how I feel I about that. I think that was something to do with um, the FA and uh, there was some kind of problem with the FA. Would you take the Saudi Arabians, John, to, to get rid of uh, gold? I honestly don't know enough. Moral dilemma. I don't know enough about what's going on with the set. I mean, you could say the same of the owners of uh, City, to be honest with you. you. Look at their sort of like... Yeah, yeah. No, you could. Some of their human rights and um, whatever. You could... You could look, look my, my own belief, my own belief is while we face relegation, no one's going to buy us. No. Um, I think the, the bit I will tell you is I think there has been some kind of change that for the right price the owners would sell before they're only talking about handing it down to their children i think they see that this is a lot of hassle and they're never going to win with the supporters and if the right price came along they would sell the only problem is you've got to be careful what you say sean they want to censor everyone saying stuff no i'm just saying i'm just saying I'm, i'm i'm giving my opinion john and not creating facts i'm giving my opinion that i think they would sell but it has to be the right price. And for me, I think that starts around 500 million. I think a lot of people disagree and say it's not worth 500 million, but I don't know. Who, who's out there to well, buy? Well, there, therein lies the problem, doesn't yeah. it? They will not get a buyer. So they will be stuck with it and we'll just carry on as well. Well, like, like the count say, if we go down, so we've already said that our rent goes down by about 50% to 1.25 million. Our wages go from 135, whatever they and half because this is 50% deal. But we would have another great big gap because our revenue falls from 190 to about 85 at best 
in the championship. So you've got to plug a big hole. Or even with a parachute payment. Even with a parachute payment, yeah. Our parachute payment's $48 million. Uh, obviously, our TV just almost money disappears. Apart, well, that is our TV money. You know, you almost get nothing in the championship. Your gates drop, your commercial resident drop, everything drops, but your wages drop as well. But let's be honest, there's only one way you're going to plug the gap. And that's by selling the players, selling your best players. And who's going to, what Declan Rice is not going to want to play in the championship. Um, Philippe Anston is not going to want to play in the championship, is he? Suchek, no. uh, you know. But they're going to have trouble getting rid of these players on the wages they're paying. I don't them. think yeah. they will, John. I, 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 I think, uh, you know, like rats deserting a sinking ship. You know, a bit like social media, you know, influencers deserting the, their bald instance. Um, they will... <laughs> <laughs> they will jump ship hey. as quick as they can... <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not saying that they won't want to go. I just think they're going to struggle getting the money for them Listen, or whatever because of the wages take, they've got. They will take whatever they can to get them off of the wage thing. I, I think I, would, I can't remember. I think it was on West Ham Fan TV. I, I, I might be Nine United. I said that this is to get a, a feeling of what will happen this time. Don't look at 2011. Look at 2003. 2003 was the team that was too good to go down, that went down. Six of those, or about five of those players, then played for England in the next couple of years. Um, throwing Di Canio, Canuti, you know, all that to go. All that to go. And if you look at the team, perhaps we were fortunate to go back up against Preston that got us back up. You know, it was totally devoid near enough of anyone. And and this is what we got to do again. In 2011, when we went down, the only player anyone wanted was Scott Parker, and he left. All the L, everybody else, nobody really wanted. And they brought Nolan in, didn't they? Well, yeah, they dropped, was a he good, dropped down. He dropped down. That was a good move. But then, if you look at this team, let's look at it. You might keep Fabianski. Keepers are different. I don't know. But let's face it, didn't hang about at Swansea, did he? No. So then you got, as he says, Lanzini, Anderson, they're going to go. Haller, you, you're probably not going to want to keep hold of him, to be fair. He'll go. The, the likes of Noble, you could get another season out of him in a championship, maybe. Snodgrass, yes. Is Ogbonna going to want to stay? Not sure. Diop is a good chance. You know, we, we know Mourinho likes him. You know, Mourinho might fancy him at Tottenham. We'll keep Creswell. Do we really want to keep Masuaku? Fredericks will keep. Sabaleta will retire. You know, Declan Rice, will he stay? Suchek will go back. You know, uh, and then it's difficult. You know, Moyes hasn't managed in the championship since he left Preston in like late 1990s, early 2000s. Where do we go then? Well, League One, you know, is could it, could happen. Yeah, it could, yeah, it could, could happen. happen. Let's look at it. Leicester, um, Southampton, uh, all been in League One recently. Sunderland. As of Norwich, have been in League One. Sunderland are in League One. 
You know, it's it's and the reason yeah. Premier League teams do it is because they can't cope with the transition from Premier League team to Championship team. You have to jettison everyone, and if you get the wrong mix of players in, you tumble down because you get used to losing. And therefore, look at Sheffield United; they went down, rebuilt, and in three seasons, you know, they were down for a long time. They get a good manager in, builds a winning mentality team in League One and goes through the championship. Now, look at them, fifth in the Premier League. Yeah, with some players from that squad, isn't it? The same with Wolves. Wolves done the same. Wolves done it slightly differently, didn't they? They had the, uh, was it Mine, Raiola or whatever, is he the guy there? Yeah, they they, they 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 got a lot of money pumped into them. Yeah, pumped into them. Yeah, agent led, wasn't it? Yeah, he was friends with the super agent. You know who's Mourinho's mate? Mendes, is yeah. it or Jay Mendes? Uh, Mendes, Mendes, yeah. Right. Anything to discuss? Do you think this board could stand the the actual vitriol and the backlash we would have? I mean, they haven't seen anything yet. If we get relegated. Do you think they could understand it? It's a good question, John. Um, I think it's getting to them, if I'm honest. Um, it, it surprised me and, you know, I, it's been a perfect storm. It's all going wrong. Uh, you know, we've got the protest. Um, we've got the press backlash. We've got the Sunday supplement. We've got a journalist being banned and receiving the legal letters. We've what journalists? Well, it's not it's not up to me oh, to well, name okay. them really. I don't I don't think. Um So you've got journalists being banned, and you've got them like they're doing le- legal things onto Sky. Well that that's been resolved now. Well, yeah, with a with an apology. No, just, I mean, is it getting to them? Is it getting to their health? Yes. Is is it making them stress? Yes. Do they feel depressed? Yes. I mean, what do you want me to say? Are, are they staying away from some games? Yes. I've got a question um, for you both. Is David Sullivan in the country? No. Um, you know, which I don't know what you want me to say. Well, could they survive it, do you think? Yes or no? I think it would take a great, for their ages, it would take a great um, toll on their health and they would be best placed to to uh, listen to other offers, as I think I've said before. Whether those offers will come in, I don't know, but it's an investment, and I think they will have to put their hands in their pockets uh, to to bail West Ham out if they go down. They may be less visible, um, but I do think they would not want to sell in the championship. They would want to bring West Ham back up and, and possibly sell in, in the Premier League to, to get the maximum back on their investment. Got you to yeah, ask a question. Right. So I, I guess what you'd say, but I'm interested with John. I'm not their spokesman, no, 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 by no. the way. So basically, <laughs> if we're bottom three against Southampton or before the Southampton game, if we're still in the bottom three and that puts a lot of pressure on us to beat Southampton, on, in your own opinion, do you think Amers United should look at not holding a protest? 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. No, I think they should carry on with the protest because the protest they're doing is outside the ground. They're making it, it's not having a direct effect on the ground, is it? Well, do you not they're think not that, the, but, the, but they're looking at doing a black boot, a, a balloon protest inside and banner actually inside yeah. Anfield, aren't well, they? A, ba- a banner, I'm all for a banner. A banner and black balloons. Mm. I don't think they. I, I don't know how I feel about it, and I'm not no, the right person to more interested in John's opinion on I, that. I just think it's 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 done now. To be honest with you, I mean, they've basically everything's rolling, isn't it? Everything's starting to come together, and something's got to change for this to be stopped. Now the club could stop it, couldn't they? They could basically call them in and uh, engage with dialogue with them and put an end to it, couldn't they? They could get rid of the RSB, directly engage with them. They could, and, I mean, they could, they could they stop could. it in its tracks because that's all they're asking for. That's the, I mean, they're not actually calling for them to leave. Would it actually solve anything though, John? Well, if they want to stop anything. it for the rest of the season, these... these I'll tell you why the, you can't do that and I'll tell no, you why it? it may seem mad. If, if West Ham do that, then in a way... It's almost like if you want anything done, just form a protest group. If you've got any grievance, form a protest group. Um, for me, it, we, we all think your this, protest group's got to have but enough. But isn't the protest group well, to get rid of the board? How, this, do, you, how do you solve it by sitting the down thing. with them? Is it? Is it? Though, oh, is yeah, it come on, John. Look at the people on Amazon United. I'm, I'm sorry. This is the thing. This is the thing I've always argued. Why do they want to sit down with them? Yeah, Amers United was formed not as a fan representation group. If they were a fans representation group, you go into the OSAB and represent your members. And I've done all this. They're not. They're a protest movement. It's all about getting them out. Good. That's what I want. The only thing for me is, if I look back to the Burnley game, the atmosphere was a bit on edge. Before Burnley scored, 
yeah, because of the protests or the, the failed protest or whatever. Yeah, it was the what had happened with the protests yeah, and, and, and all the, that on the signing of Hugo and so, the, whatever. You know, there's a, a worry for me that the, the protests against Southampton could have a detrimental effect inside the ground. Bearing in mind that if we're in the bottom three, we've got to get three points against Southampton. We need the fans 100. Yeah. You know, we're supporters of a football club. That's got to be the priority. But, but there's not, you know, that's not, you know. Saying that, you would have thought that against Brighton. But look what happened at Brighton. And look at Southampton. Southampton are on an upward trajectory. We are. Yeah. By the time we get around to that game, and by the time we get through this tough thing, but we've got an easier run in, we could be I done. I just think that if you it, keep getting stuff. United could actually go, do you know what? Let's not. This, this game, let's arrange it for the Chelsea game. You know, because we're not, that, that'd be a game we're not probably, you know, we, we've got more chance of beating Southampton. If you look, we've got a target, five or six wins. Southampton's a target game. We have to win that game. And any. You could have said the same about no, Brighton. But there's no though, protest to be I said if we don't Brighton. win at Brighton, we're what down. What I'm saying is now, Brighton's made it even worse. So therefore, how much difference do you think? All right, are we down or not? Much, though? are we down already? In, in my view, no, we're down. I don't if, think we're we are down not or not down if we, until it's gone. Okay, fair it enough. feels like it, but, but did, there's still that mad thing that we could nick one or two more points than two clubs, and we'll stay up. Well, I mean, I don't see. I mean, oh, we okay. haven't got an out of it this season. That's what I would say, and then. Uh, only because he couldn't get on a plane, John, because <laughs> yeah, yeah, of the yeah. uh, coronavirus. Otherwise, he would have been here and signing for us. <laughs> oh, I love, I love transferring. Well, I mean, I, I mean, I think we we're going. I do think we're going. So do I. So, is there anything used to's want to discuss before we move on to uh, our question time? No, no. I mean, we've we've touched we've on the, about a lot. the way the club are yeah. behaving and trying to censorship the press. Yeah. There's only one more thing I want to say before we go to Twitter question what? time. Do you know what that is? <sighs> Brady out. <laughs> Actually, I, I might change my mind, Sean, on my Brady position. <laughs> no, I am. I'm, <laughs> cool. I'm going to change Brady my position? mind. I'm going to. I'm going to concede to the fact that. If they were to sack Brady, step away from the club and put a director of football in place and just financed it and let them run it with their supplied finance, then I I would return on that basis. Well, I said last time, we're, I wanted in, them all we're in the middle of the road position. Compromise. It's all about compromise. Good. Compromise. Well, so that's, that's what I think pro- all three and, of us and, agree. The only on compromise for the owners is Brady out. And I know you've come around to it recently and people were extolling your idea, Sean. Yeah. Of, you know, of getting <laughs> Brady out. But it's, it's been a long thing, champion of many, many of us, that she has to go. That's the first point. And I know we were supposed to do Twitter question time, but I, I did, or, or we did two articles today. Uh, and they're both on currently Hugh. Do you know what? Brady has been paid £7.8 million over the last eight years. In the first six months, as you know, Gold and Sullivan paid her wages. But in 2011, 
she earned 256. By the next year, 2012, that went up to 427,000. Then in 2013, 1.63 million when she paid herself a one million pound bonus for buying, uh, uh, for getting the stadium, four. paid over five years, and six hundred thirty-four thousand bases. Ah, four then four years. Uh, next year, two thousand fourteen, six hundred thirty-six thousand three days a week. Then the year after that, two thousand fifteen, six hundred forty-six thousand, only ten grand rise. But then two thousand sixteen, nine hundred seven thousand pounds she paid herself three days a week before a small decrease oh bless 2017 to 868 now last 2018 she paid herself 300 uh, 898,000 again but she got a consultant fee of 438,000 to her company for introducing trip smith making her total pay for the year 1.336 million and of course, bringing it all up to date in the accounts just released last week, I, uh, she paid her, her annual salary was one point one three six million, a twenty seven percent rise. Add all that up, it's seven point eight five million over eight years. And it's part time. Not bad. And I've asked the question. The I've asked the question. I've asked the question. Does she have a relegation clause to cut her wages by fifty percent? if we go down to the championship? And the answer has been? Uh, I've had no reply from the club. No. <laughs> I actually got the answer. That's above my pay grade. <laughs> yeah, well, basically, that's, I kid well, you she, does she, she's not even concentrated on the club, is she? Give it a she's year. She's all about Brian Brady. <laughs> so. Yeah. Now, interestingly, Hugh ran another story no. this morning. Not that we've got it in for Brady, of course. How much do you think Leicester uh, City um, CEO earns? Sue Whelan. Susan they just Whelan. spent £100 million on their training facilities. Yeah. Mm. 308000 she paid, right? But before they won the Premier League, she was paid around 150 grand a year. They bolstered her wages up to 300000 So when Rita she won the Brady's Premier not the first woman um, in football then. Chelsea... Pay. No, uh, Chelsea pay their chief executive two hundred forty-four thousand. Everton nine hundred twenty-seven. Newcastle three hundred thousand. Uh, Southampton six hundred thirty-six thousand. Spurs are the exception. Daniel Levy gets three million. Watford six hundred thirty-one thousand. Daniel Le- so, Levy not married to Joe Lewis's daughter. Disproportional. The owner of Spurs. I think that's what someone told me, which I never really I don't know that. I, I no, would no. I would not like to well, say funny that in case you I get a legal letter. Brady. Actually, but Daniel Levy is yeah. very litigious. Jolly new Yeah, up. go on. Because she yeah. says, it seems something they can force me out of the club. But my record of achievement at WHU is second to none. <laughs> the share price is possibly higher than ever before and income is still rising. Unlike your popularity, Sean. So the worm has turned and has joined the rabble crowd (laughs) in a bid to be liked. You've been keeping the wrong company for years. Bring it on. Hashtag Rita going nowhere. Yeah. Let's just say I'm off a Christmas card list. I'm, I'm, I think you're uh, off of every list. Well, I think there is one list, mate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
it's the hit list. And um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You and Matt Law. Um, <laughs> I am started. You've always wanted a cake yeah. company with journalists, Sean, didn't you? Real one. Yeah, I know. Uh, I, know. I haven't been banned from the stadium, by the way, just to say that. Yeah, not yet. Real ones. <laughs> not, not suggesting Matt Law has or has not been uh, banned from the stadium. Oh, dear. First up, then. Well, second up, because Rita was first. I thought I'd put that in. Is the, is the man with a great West Ham name at the moment, Marvin Sabudu. Uh, so frustrating, he says. You couldn't make that. Oh, sorry, I should say, I said, I'm running out of positives, so someone help us out. What, you, what is the answer? You know the drill. Marvin's still frustrated, but perhaps he could do something about that himself. You couldn't make that more a painful loss, even if you tried, but we drew. One positive is that if we are going to stay up, we'll have to do it the hard way and beat some decent teams. Hopefully, Bowen can have a good impact. Suchek looked decent long-term. He likes more strategy of buying young, hungry players. Let's get behind the lads and hope we stay up. Andy Agustin with an H. Plenty still to play for. The winter break will give us time to hit the reset button and push for survival. Players coming back from injury. We're in a very tight spot and we have a, but he says we have a better than 50% chance of survival in his view. And our relegation rivals are just as tough running as us. Just all need to hold our nerve as it will most likely get worse before it gets better. Bit of the Dunkirk spirit required. Ed Hughes. Positives, Suchek looks like the long-awaited replacement Rob Yang. Bowen looks a positive addition. Bar the clan in defensive areas, we are getting better. <sighs> Not seen it, Ed. Negatives, we give, we give running the circuses a bad name. <laughs> <laughs> Billy Smart. Yeah, Billy Not So Smart, or David Not So Smart. Uh, Christopher Kinch. Positives are a couple of good signings. Well, they all seem to agree on that. How we solve the problems, get a time machine, go bang, go back to when we were at the bowling ground and don't go anywhere near the London Stadium. In all seriousness, though, he says, the club is just divided at the moment and we have been since we moved from the bowling and transfer stats to what happens on the pitch. There's a disconnect between fans and the board. He thinks the board needs to be more honest about that as they appear to be in denial. Uh, I, he doesn't think the disconnect is ever likely to be solved and it's for that reason I wish they would sell up and go. New board without the history of the regretful move to London Stadium marking their tenure would begin to unite the club. Exactly what I've been saying for years. Can I can I just say, I mean, when we say disconnect, maybe they're too connected. Well, stop fucking talking for them then. Yeah, well, exactly. If you think a lot of boards, there's just no contact. Look at Arsenal. Silent Stan. Chairman or the board. Yeah, Silent Stan. They just don't talk at all. They let their managers and their chief executives do the talking and they are the silent, invisible owners. Yeah. Well, Sean, you you they you know that he's got absolutely yeah, full control over everything. So he needs to so so, so he, I, he I just, explain like, this. Know. Not only does Brady need to step aside and to you know, for someone new to come in, but but he he needs to take a 
backwards role, enjoy and his retirement, enjoy his emails. money, and just and let <laughs> him, you know, and let people <laughs> get on with it. That. Dave, stop answering my email. <laughs> But it's, it's like, you know, everything is always like, why is me, isn't it? So, yeah, well, I knew best and I feel sorry for me, isn't it? Everything. Everything is, comes out from that man. I, you know, where does that ever end? He's never going to just hand it over, is he? Let's face I'm it. I'm not his spokesman, John. Not anymore. Luke Ed, I'm positive. He's positive, <laughs> Luke, that we oh. desperately need three points and squander two of them. <laughs> And he's positive that the owners are happy to get a formal apology from Sunday supplement because that's what's really, is, I'm doing that with my fingers, people, if you're wondering. It's really important. And I'm positive that the owners are doing everything they can to stay in the Premier League and protect their bank roles. How's that for positive? Thanks, Luke. Matty Kemp. Uh, even at 3-1, we didn't look comfortable, which was worrying. I thought we did. Uh, I want to try and stay positive, yet think we're heading for the championship. Sad times. Moyes said he wants to bring players in under the age of 25. If so, and arguably we need a big squad due to injuries, why didn't we recall Diane Garner-Cullen and why did we then let Holland go out on loan? Obviously, people don't think they're up to it. Paul Addison, evening lads. So will relegation be just what we need? A cleansing of the club. Get rid of some expensive white elephants. Anderson, Haller, Wilshere, forgot about Wilshere, Fornells, Yarmolenko, Lanzini. Start afresh with some hungry young talent. It's a shambles. We need a relegation to sort this mess up. We don't deserve to stay up as things stand and perhaps the club needs a wake-up call. Anyway, as you may call, I live in Leeds. Leeds, Silence. Yorkshire. Uh, so at open locals don't club pass us on to we're down at Brady Art, he says. Uh, thank you from Yorkshire. Yorkshire. Liam Schultz, Suchek looked good. Some similarities to Rice defensively, showed for the ball, got into the box and didn't seem intimidated. He thought our shape looked strong and Brighton out of ideas until we defended like clowns and the team ran out of legs. If ever Man City have looked vulnerable under Pep, that time is now. That's a brave claim there, Liam. I'm not sure we're going to get anywhere near him. Penny Southern, Auntie Penn to us, as we all know her. Hey, Auntie Penn. Evening at... Evening, chaps. Actually, I've got to, we've got to do something before we go. I forgot to do it at the beginning. We must do this. I'll tell you later. Evening, chaps. Positives yeah. are we've signed some useful players who look like they will do well. That's for the positives, I'm afraid. The board promised so much. Not that we believed them, and I don't think they had it in their minds it would be down. Scott Crosland. How you doing, Scott? Not seen you about for a while. He's got a positive, though. He's looking forward to playing Millwall twice next season, but he bet Westfield ain't <laughs> God help balled us. out. Yeah. Nick Harvey, evening, gents. The answer is look forward to more games, which is true, and 3 p.m. kickoffs on a Saturday afternoon in the championship. John will like that. Aside from that, there's not a lot to be positive about. Moyes is making Pellegrini look competent at the moment. And question for Rita's best mate, Sean, must be a different Sean, Nick, because... Uh, 
Yeah, because the shame, they're, best they're definitely not best mates enough. I've been excommunicado. Yes. <laughs> is, is, is that a mate of XWHU employee then? I don't think so. Oh, right. Does Fornell's transfer fee include payments based on appearances, or is Moyes just plain stupid, preferring Lanzini all the time? Well, uh, I think I think I can answer that because Moyes actually spoke um, to the reporters last week and and made it completely clear that Lanzini was his best player and that the supporters need to get behind him and he had complete trust in him that he would turn around his form. So he actually said, arguably, Manuel Lanzini is our greatest player. It's all going to start through him. We want his creativity back. He's as important as Marco Anatovic was to me last time. And he basically completely defended uh, Lanzini. And that is why he starts him instead of Fornells. And, you know, Fornells came on what? 85 minutes? I mean, in the last five minutes, the game was lost by it. Well, lost, but, you know, the damage was done by them. Yeah. Uh, he's also put, are we expecting the podcast audience to reduce to four listeners next season in the championship? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely. We'll be definitely. no longer a Premier League podcast. What will we do? Neil Middleton, yeah. frustrating and worrying. Needs top-to-bottom review, I agree. What happened to the promised scouting and analytics centre? Uh, God knows. Still not backing the manager. One assistant, no chance. Brady out. Ali Jones. Uh, nothing left to say. If we go down, I've no confidence that the club will do anything correctly. We'll sell all our best players, but does anyone believe they will spend the money on players to come in? The best hope is to stay up by the skin of our teeth because we're very defendant. Oh, sorry, we're very dependent on the other teams getting results that go in our favour. Southampton becomes must, capital letters, he stresses it, win. And we need to hope we're still in contention come Newcastle, I think. Oh, we need to bring Sam Allardyce back. Oh, fuck off. And what the fucking fuck was that forced apology from Sky about? I feel sorry for Jeff Shreves having to be the face of that absolute shit show from our wonderful owners. Pathetic, embarrassing scum they are. Can, can, I, um, can I give my view on that? Yeah, go on. The view is that Look, I, I deal with lots of legal things in my, my work, my day-to-day work. And the problem is people can give opinions, and we give our opinions. But if you state something is a fact on live TV, then slander laws still exist. Now, the Jonathan Liu, the Guardian journalist, made a claim uh, of hands in the till. Now, Sky have since explained that to say we didn't mean that the owners, any illegality or corruption, we meant managers and players were taking the mickey, good interpretation, and they apologised for everyone. That's how everyone, that's how I interpreted it. Look, but Sky's lawyers told them what to say, so they bottled it. The the problem is that sometimes you can say things. It's not Sky's fight, though, is it? But Sky, then why why did Sky just not go... I don't care. Go on yeah, but why it. should they? Why would they want to have a battle with West Ham? It's a bit embarrassing no for interest. both sides to make an apology. No interest. It? 
no one expected the, them, the old dildo twins to spit their dummies out and have a go, did they? And start sending legal letters. But it's sometimes the devil is... Look, I'm not defending them. The devil's in the detail. When they yeah, say... They stuff like that well, all the time on that programme. Well, when they say this training ground's a series of porter cabins, <laughs> in fact, the fact is there's one porter cabin that's a media centre and the rest are not porter cabins. Now... It doesn't mean the training ground is still shit compared to other ones, but it's about inaccuracies. It's not a series of porter cabins. There's one porter cabin, and it's a media centre and not the training ground. Now, who cares, really? But it's, it's, but not, it's about yeah, accuracy. But it's not a, and that's it's what, not a capitulation, is it? What it is, is Sky saying, well, okay, we don't really care. You know, know they, it's not their battle. And it means a lot to West Ham fans who we all thought were well, hold on someone's calling them out now it's do I think they should have written attention. a legal letter and started a fight with Sky absolutely not I think I think then it, what does it that make a, them look like it puts a bigger target and on it, your back it, it, and then David Gold to retweet it as if look at us what we've yeah. achieved and then for David Gold to like a tweet where he calls all the West Ham fans morons do you know what though that smacks a Brady well, mate I'm telling you now I don't think Golden Sullivan would have thought about suing them. That's a I'm going to plead the Fifth Amendment on this one. I would say it's a Sullivan move. And then, mm. I mean, from mm. then, like you say, for Gold to start tweeting, liking tweets where West Ham fans are being called out, it's just, the whole thing's just, it's like a circus, isn't it? It's ridiculous. It's I don't think uh, this guy's Ask the question. Ask, do you know anyone at Sky, Sean? Ask the question, have they ever had a legal challenge before from a Premier League club from what's been said? I will I ask. But they ain't. I will ask. Anyway. Ricky Burns, great fighter. The positives are that we will get to watch our under-23 players next year in the first team when we're in the championship. Nice to watch some ungrown players that care. Or as you've just heard, Rick, we just sold one of our good ones to Lincoln City. So good luck to Scully. Um, apparently, I've just read from X, actually. Yeah. He was, um, his contract was up in the summer. Oh, right. so, and, and, he and he didn't want, want to sign a new one. No, because he didn't want to sign a new one. A friend of the show. Apparently also, just to add on, yeah. he, they, they also didn't think he would get into the higher divisions. Right. Their opinion. There you go. No, they're entitled to it. Uh, Paul Turner, yep. a friend of the show, he says, start preparing for the championship now. Source of manager now who has championship experience. Also, play next season's uh, own games at the Valley to give us half a chance. And <laughs> Jerry Cholton. Sam Allardyce. It's got to be oh, Sam's team to not go down. Yeah. He's done it before. He's got a track record of bringing us up. All right. Belinda Kikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikik
I think I solved the problem and have the answer. When we were all told next level, we must have understood what way levels might go. They're going to take us to the next level, but downwards. <laughs> what do you all think about gold liking a tweet slagging the fans off? What does Sean think about Richard Key's damning comments on Brady and sacking Abraham Grant? Out of date and a bit old, to be fair. Is Nigel's performance on Super 6 worse than David Moyes' win percentage? <laughs> oh, yeah, very funny. <laughs> we'll all be joining yeah. in the protests at Liverpool away and then at home to Southampton. Uh, but, yeah, Super 6. The other week, I thought, blimey, did I not do it? Did I forget to do it? And when I looked, I thought, no, I did do it, and I got every result wrong. So, yeah. I will do a Super 6 update at some point, people, um, <laughs> when my pride lets me. When we're not tracking uh, on for an hour Evening all. It's getting very difficult to be positive at the moment. For fleeting, don't complain, John. I did three hours twice well, last that's week. That's what I think. You're getting used to these things, aren't you? <laughs> We're nearly there. There's only a few left. For a fleeting second on Saturday, I thought we'd turn the corner only to be brought back to earth. Being in a relegation battle is all about fight, passion, determination. Brian showed that on Saturday. We didn't. It's not quite over, but it's bloody close. And still, he's got a bet on us winning at Man City, a fool in his money and all that. Chin up, chaps, or chins up, Sean. Uh, worst things happen at sea. Sean's mate, Gary Prince, says, mm-hmm. in the Tevez season, we were in a similar position, but remarkably, seven wins in nine matches kept us up. Is there any chance of something similar, and who will inspire us like Tevez did? Bowen, the only, our only option. Who's going to inspire us? Um, Snodgrass. Yeah. Just, Do you know I'm what? He might, just might. Go on. I'll clarify what Gary Prince says. So in 2007, in the middle of March, we only had 20 points. I think against the Tottenham game. When we lost the Tottenham game, we were at 20 points. And then we took another mm-hmm. 21 points out of 27 to stay up. In 2003... We were only on 21 points at the end of February. And we took another 21 points between in March and April and the beginning of May. Different players. But we didn't stay oh, up. I'm, I'm going to change I'm gonna change my answer. Can I change my answer? Go on in. Super smashing grit. It's going to be Jim Bowen. I was going to change our, yeah. It's going to keep super smashing grit. Yeah. We'll, we'll just end up with bullies tankards when he leaves, actually. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, they, Michael Levy Jr. Two uh, or three. Uh, Michael Levy Jr. If we go down, <coughs> we'll get rid of the mercenaries and focus on some of the time youngsters like Johnson and Gakia, who played really well against Liverpool. I was disappointed not to see him. Holland, Diangana, Cullen, Silva. And he says he'll take them. I'm with you, Michael Levy. He'll take them all day over the Allers and Andersons. P.S. He loves my 960 hours of podcasts and YouTube appearances last week. And will I be going for 960 hours this week? I heard more from him than I did my wife. But he's putting brackets, which is a good thing. Reads her out. 
the Maid Marian, the, the Wizard of Wales, is back again. Oh, boyos, where are the positives? Next season, we have one more kids for the quid. Two, we return of European football because we no longer have to pay the seven bridge toll, boyos, back to the homelands. Three, a nice warm fire from the fire cell. Four, easier to get in and out of the stadium with no overzealous egotistical stewards like the one I encountered on Saturday, boyos. Six, us being the underdogs in cup games. Ah, oh, the future is bright, boyos. And the future is the championship with real football players rather than the mercenaries. The question is, will I be there, boyos? Kosher will melt. Shut up, moaning. Tim Grist, we're doomed. Jed Birch, good evening. Seriously thinking about walking away from this great institution that I have loved for years. And he's not talking about West Ham. He's talking about this podcast. That's a bit arse. J.D. Birch, after the decade of David's episode, who was so fed up with Sean's blinkered bullshit, eating on the mic, and his lack of respect for the fans, who rightfully feel heartbroken by the Bulls' actions, I looked around and saw lots of new West Ham podcasts had emerged. I decided to give it one last chance, and thankfully, you all gave me some stick, and he has to admit the error of his ways. We gave you the stick, Sean, by the way. It still has work to do. This is you, yeah, by the way, but it's a start. On a positive note, you still have 14 listeners instead of 13. <laughs> <laughs> Mitch, <laughs> Mitch Taylor said the answer most certainly wasn't Jared Bowen, but please prove me wrong. Alan Woodhouse, it says, be a miracle if we survive, not just league position, but upcoming fixtures and the way we're playing is worrying. Like Sean, I can't defend, so Alan was a defender of the owners. He think plenty of what they've done has been good with intentions, but the club is not run our Premier League club should. And Darren Kitchen, a finish up, says alcohol. All right, we got a yeah, positive. Yeah, although our friend Keith, although our friend Keith moans about or has asked the question, why does he have to pay six pound a pint for his um, bitter ale, whatever it is, and it doesn't go down uh, with the early bird discount? All right, is that what Keith says? Well, he Keith, did. He did ask that question. Stop drinking an old farts drink. And drink something different from bloody real ale. Iron ale. I think it's called iron ale. It's all yeah. about the brand. Mm. Anyway. Anyway, what are you going to say? things. Right. Firstly, um, I don't know if you really want to cover this, Sean. There was a bit of problems at the game Saturday. I've got a text saying police that are looking for three West Ham supporters who homophobically abused Brighton supporters on Saturday. Uh, a police spokesman said they will be banned for watching West Ham for life. Is that right? Well, if if people are found um, uh, making any kind of racist or homophobic or uh, gestures... This is what the text said, breaking <laughs> Well, you're trying to drag me into this one and I refuse to. I understand. Oh, go no, go on. Will they be banned for life, yes or no? No. Oh, right. Well, apparently, so far, 49,000 fans have said it was them. <laughs> I knew that was going to be joke here. No, no. Look, 
<laughs> we know there's a problem at the Brighton game. We've covered it before, and you got in a lot of trouble. Yeah. Uh, no, I didn't get in trouble. I ignored it. <laughs> you met Jim Pride of Irons at the supporters club <laughs> recently, and and is his name Jim Grant? No. Oh right, all right. Um, so look. Yeah, he didn't want to shake me hand, did he? He did shake your hand, though. <laughs> yeah, but he fought twice about it, didn't he? Look at him. We were standing together for four minutes, and then you called me Nigel, and he went, oh, are you Nigel Khan? With his disparaging, you know, fucking look down his nose at me. <laughs> Jim's so, a good I mean, guy. Yeah. I, think, I think you're being well, slightly I'll unkind. You anyway. You want to shake your hand next time, will you? then? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I couldn't have made a joke. Yeah, I won't. Anyway, that's anyway. one thing you wanted to mention. Uh, move how on. To make friends right. and influence people. Move on. Yeah. Yeah. Move on. We've got to say, we have got our youngest listener. Go on. I want you to say hello. She's four years old. Ah. And she told her nan that she listens to Nigel on the radiator. <laughs> <laughs> There's so got to be a relation say, of yours, isn't it? We've got to say hello to, to, yeah, to my nephew's daughter, Daisy May, because she listens oh. to the show. Four years old. Hello, Daisy, Daisy May. May. That's it. There you go. Hello. And this is just for you. Oh, hang on a minute. Uh, oh, I've <laughs> lost the button now. Just just, oh. just wait, Daisy, wait. Yeah, hold up, Daisy. Oh, hang just on a minute. Wait a bit. Oh, no, I've lost it. I've de- I actually deleted it. I was going to do a drum roll, but I've actually oh, right. deleted there it. There you go. Well, there Amateur. you go, Daisy. And don't forget, tell Nanny no sweets allowed in the bedroom. It's just, you know, there yeah. you go. Anyway, let's do predictions if there's nothing else, because we won't do Super 6, because we only do Super 6 when Nigel's doing well, uh, and he's not doing very well at the moment, so he won't do Super 6. It's funny that, isn't it? Do you want to do Super 6? No, no we, don't. we don't. No, um, we don't. Quick, quick, predictions. Quick, quick uh, question City away on Sunday. Sean, go on, question. go on. Jared Bowen, is he, what is he, Welsh? Do you know what? Who does he play for? Is he English? Is he, what is he, who is he I, I thought he was English, but um, okay. I, I, I don't actually know. Have a look for English. I, I will do. English, is he English? English, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Go on then, Predictions. Predictions for Man City next Sunday. Anyone going to Man City? No, daughter's birthday. No. It was born in... Nil-nil, Sean. Yeah. Nil-nil. Nil-nil. Comic podcast goal. Uh, Nigel. Uh, Lose 4-0. Okay, I will say we'll lose 1-0 because I can't. Uh, damage limitation. Uh, I've been Sean. Nigel has been. Uh, I've been Michette. And John has been. Wanting to leave about half hour ago. It's a one hour 36, thank God. Um, George A. Yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, you eye. Oh, that's the wrong one. Oh. You see, I, 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 <laughs> Daisy makes a problem. I've changed them wrong. What are you doing? Come on, you irons. Bobby 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 